time for re-engineering your finances with the founder of CP Weldy Group, Charles Weldy. One of my favorite kinds of shows on today's program here on Reengineering Your Finances. Walter Storholt alongside Charles Weldy, and it's a mailbag edition of the program where we answer lots of your questions. We're talking with Charles, who, of course, is the founder and certified financial planner at CP Weldy Group with an office in Chadsford, Pennsylvania on Route 52. You can find him online at cpweldygroup.com. Charles, in particular, specializes in creating tax-efficient retirement plans, and we probably will tap into a little bit of that tax knowledge among all the other knowledge you have, Charles, as we go through today's show. You excited for some of these listener questions? Hey, why not? Bring them on. All right, let's dive in. If you want to submit a question, by the way, you can email Charles. Charles at cpweldygroup.com is the address. Deb says, I'm in the middle of a divorce after 30 years of marriage. Sorry to hear that, Deb. Do you think I'd be better off to get half of my husband's 401k or half of his pension? I like the idea of having a guaranteed income, but I won't be retiring for another 10 years, so it's not like I need the pension right now. Well, you know, she doesn't really give us any like numbers, but you know, as a general rule, I would probably opt for the 401k. And the reason being, Walter, is that she says she doesn't have another 10 years until retirement. And basically, if she got half of the 401k at 7%, that money in theory would double in 10.2 years. So uh, I think, you know, number one, uh, without knowing the balances of what the pension is going to pay her and what the 401k is, I would probably offer the 401k because I know that if it was invested for the long term, 10 years or more, historically, if history's any guide, it would make, you know, maybe 7% average return per year, double in value. And then when she retired, we might have an opportunity based upon what her, you know, situation was uh, to maybe create a lifetime pension you know, a personalized lifetime pension and perhaps make a portion of it or all of it tax-free. I think that's uh, that's really interesting to think about, Deb. Obviously, you're going to need more information to, to settle truly on one side or the other there, Charles. But if all things are equal, sounds like you've, uh, you've got a, a direction you typically like to go in. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, definitely, I like to have control of my tax bill. And with a pension, you lose control. With a 401k and the possibility of maybe doing some strategic Roth conversions, you have a lot more control over your tax bill. There you go, Deb. Uh, Let's get to another question here. This one's from James. If interest rates finally start going back up, should I change how I'm saving? I don't have very much in the bank right now because rates are so low. Well, you know, I guess it's good he doesn't have that much in the bank right now because rates are so low. I mean, you know, obviously, you know, some banks, and I don't know who they are, but some banks I hear actually you have to pay to keep your account there. Have you heard that story at all in, in your reading? Uh, no, please tell me. Not, yeah, I mean, I, I don't really know all the details of it, but I've heard that, like, hey, there's some institutions that are actually charging you to park your money there, which I think really? is ridiculous. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. But anyway, you know, just to get w- with the cash, I mean, realistically, everyone should have an emergency fund. You know, uh, they should have like you know, money in the bank for upcoming large expenses and maybe like, you know, half a year's worth of income gap, income gap being defined as, hey, what do you need per month minus what's coming in habitually is your income gap. Anything over and above that, I think you're really missing the, you know, the eight ball, so to speak, because if, you know, let's just assume that interest rates at banks are 1% and treadline inflation's three, we're actually losing 2% a year in our purchasing power. So for Jim or James, rather, I would say, hey, you know what? Uh, I wouldn't change the way you're saving. If interest rates go up, you know, obviously we just want to make sure we have just enough, not too much in that, you know, savings account. Fantastic. And uh, lots to think about there. 
for you, James. Interest rates definitely still going to be something interesting to watch, especially with inflation and other things that are to be discussed in the coming months and years. Patty has our next question. Again, you can email your questions to charles at cpweldygroup.com. Patty says, my husband and I argue about money almost every day because we just haven't done a great job of planning for retirement, and it's starting to stress both of us out. Is this normal, or do we need some serious help? Well, I guess it's kind of normal, and I I think they need some help. I don't know how serious, but, you know, um, in an earlier podcast, we talked about longevity risks, living too long. And, uh, you know, the latest statistics that I've read, if you're um, a non-smoking couple, average age uh, 62, retiring, um, there's a high probability that one of them is going to live to age 92, which is like 30 years in retirement. So I think, you know, what they need to do is they got to come up, Walter, with a number. And what I mean by that is like, hey, how much capital do they need to save from now until the, the date they retire so that they can retire comfortably and remain comfortably retired? So there's actually a formula for that. And, um, you know, I've just created a webinar that I'm actually giving tomorrow night. And really, there's like a, what is it, a four-step process. So step number one, you determine what your monthly income gap is. And an income gap, again, is like, hey, I'll give you an example. I need 10000 a month. I've got uh, 7000 coming in with uh, Social Security, two Social Security checks and a pension. I'm short three. So what I would do is multiply the 3000 a month times 12 months. I have 36000 uh, I got to factor in inflation, using an inflation rate of 3%. That 36 turns into 48,000. I divide it by an assumed withdrawal rate of four and a half percent. That means I need a little over a million dollars. It's actually a million seventy-five thousand dollars to retire comfortably in 10 years and remain comfortably retired. So that Patty and her husband, what they really should do is, is create that formula for themselves, plug in the numbers and see like, hey, do I need a million seventy five thousand in 10 years? How much do I have now? What's the difference? How many more months do we have? One hundred and twenty. Hey, let's start, you know, funding 100, you know, over the next one hundred and twenty months, X amount of dollars per month. At least they have, you know, a standard or, you know, a guideline for their savings so that when they do retire, they can retire comfortably and again, remain comfortably retired. So important, I think. And uh, hopefully that is very helpful for you, Patty. You want to get rid of that stress in the relationship. And there is certainly help out there for you. Again, you can reach Charles at charles at cpweldygroup.com. You can also call 610-388-7705. Find out more about your current financial plan and where it needs to improve. 610-388-7705. Or just check the description of today's show for contact details. David says, my father died in his late 60s and my mother died in her early 70s. So I'm not planning to have much longevity myself. Does that mean I should start Social Security as early as I can? Well, I'm going to assume David's single, all right? Because uh, I don't know if he's, you know, if he's married or not. But like, assuming that he's single, I have a rule of thumb for Social Security. And here's what it is, Walter. I say that, hey, uh, do you think you're going to live uh, well beyond 80? And I define that as 84 or more. So if David doesn't think he's going to live to 84 or greater, it might be his advantage to take Social Security sooner rather than later. Um, the only thing I would worry about is like, hey, if he's like a lot healthier than his parents were, you know, and he lives well beyond 80, which is 84 or more, that could be a mistake. Is he still going to work? You know, if he decides that he wants to work, there's earnings limitations that he might have on 
that might impact in a negative way is social security benefit. You can only make up to a certain amount if you're under your full retirement age. And then what a lot of people don't realize is that, um, you know, if they're in the 10 or 12% tax bracket, and believe me, with a standard deduction of 15 and not all social security is taxable and blah, 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 you know, there are a lot of people that are in that lower tax bracket. What they don't realize, Walter, is that if they were to sell like some capital gains, long-term capital gains, if they're in that 10 or 12% tax bracket, guess what the capital gains tax rate is? What's that? It's zero. Oh, right? zero. All right. So, so a lot of people are kind of missing the boat by not doing strategic tax planning. I, I never assume uh, an answer about taxes is going to be zero. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? It, it really is an eye opener because when they changed the rules several years ago, I thought my software, my tax software was, uh, you know, erroneous. But I really realized that, hey, it really depends on what your taxable income is. If you're in that 10, 12 percent tax bracket, the capital gains rate is actually zero. Really, just to sum up with, uh, who is this, David? Was it David we were talking about? David, yes. Yeah, I mean, you know, I would just say, you know, uh, um, you know, are you going to work part-time? Are you going to work full-time? You know, uh, I would probably try to have him wait until full retirement age if he wasn't in bad shape. Uh, so at least he could go out and make as much money as he possibly could prior to his full retirement age. But if he was in bad shape, hey, you know what? I don't have a problem taking it at age 62. You know, but again, uh, that's, you know, there, there's no right or wrong answer to when and how to take Social Security. There's so many different uh, variations of it that, you know, maybe a, a detailed um, analysis of like what all those options are would be more in line with rather than just giving like a blank answer like I am today. Thank you for the question, David. Another good one. We've got uh, two more to get through. And uh, these have been really good. So again, submit your questions, charles at cpweldygroup.com. If you'd like, we can feature it on a future show. Linda says, my daughter just turned 18, and I'd like to help her get off on the right foot with retirement savings. What's the best way to get her started? Well, I would definitely uh, steer her towards opening up a Roth IRA. So a Roth IRA, you put the money in after tax, and it grows tax-free. And when you take the money out eventually, it's all you know tax-free. So uh, being 18, she probably doesn't make a lot of money. So she's got to make sure that she makes at least 6000 a year because that's the max she could put into her Roth IRA account. And again, you know, uh, she's probably not much of a tax bracket, so she's not really losing out on big tax savings. But eventually, if that, you know, uh, Roth IRA grows, you know, it could double in, in 10 years and double again in, you know, in 20 years and double again in 30 years at 7.2% per year. I mean, she's going to have a great nest egg and that would be a, a good way to start. Just as an aside, we've had, uh, we took on a new client not long ago and they have two sons. They're actually in their early 20s. And, um, you know, the, the parents want to set something up for their kids. Their kids both work. And we decided, hey, let's open up two Roth IRA. IRA accounts, one for each kid, and we funded them with $6,000 each. So that's what I would do uh, if Linda was my daughter. Another great question. Thanks, Linda. Appreciate that. And last but not least, Rick, our final question of the week. Our house is a lot bigger than what we need now, so we should probably downsize. But it's the place where we raised our family, so I'm emotionally attached to it. Is it foolish to keep it when we could live somewhere else cheaper? Well, I think uh, my answer to that would be like, hey, you know, do you have to move out to save money or you just want to move out to save money? Do you have to save money or just want to save money? If you have to save money, obviously, you'll move out and downsize, you know, lower cost per month. If you don't have to and you're emotionally attached to it, I would just stay there, uh, you know, and enjoy the house, enjoy, you know, the, the memories. You know, there's no right or wrong. I mean, realistically, 
the only way that I would downsize is if I looked at my monthly budget and I said, you know what, uh, I might eventually run out of money if I don't actually downsize. I can't afford to keep this house. The taxes are too high. The utilities are too high. Um, but, you know, again, no right or wrong answer. But if, um, you know, if I really needed to save money to make sure that my, I stretch my retirement dollars, I would consider downsizing. Loved all the questions today. Thanks for submitting them to us. And again, if you want to get some personalized financial advice and guidance with Charles, please reach out to him. You can do that by calling 610-388-7705. That's 610-388-7705. He is the founder, certified financial planner at CP Weldy Group. Also online at cpweldygroup.com, cpweldygroup.com. All that contact info is in the description of today's show. Reach out, have a conversation about what's on your mind. It might be something simple like, uh, you know, a simple question like we've covered on today's show, like these other folks have had. Maybe you uh, can identify with some of the issues, problems, or concerns that they have. And you can start there, and it can end with a full-blown financial plan and understanding where you need to go in the future and with that um, you know, complete understanding of what it takes to get to and through retirement. But usually it starts with you know one or two simple questions and goes from there. So it's a great way to get started. Reach out with your questions to Charles. Again, cpweldygroup.com or 610-388-7705. Charles, appreciate your help and guidance on the show today, and uh, we'll look forward to doing this again soon. Thank you, Walter. Two new episodes every month. Come back and join us next time right back here on Reengineering Your Finances. Financial planning and advisory services are offered through Prosperity Capital Advisors, PCA, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Registration as an investment advisor does not imply a certain level of skill or training. The CP Weldy Group and PCA are separate, non-affiliated entities. PCA does not provide tax or legal advice.